Hello there, fellow traveler. Welcome to American Road Trip Talk, where we introduce you to the fascinating people and places behind each edition of American Road Magazine. I'm your host, Foster Brown. Our fall issue of American Road Magazine has featured the theme of gangsters. There have been some very interesting highlights, but possibly one of the most curious among them is the story of Pretty Boy Floyd's death mask. Charles Arthur Floyd's career as public enemy number one ended in a hail of bullets on October 22, 1934, near the southeast Ohio town of East Liverpool. His body was transported to the nearest funeral home, where we'll pick up the story with our guest, Susan Anderson. She manages the most recent incarnation of that funeral home, the Sturgis House Bed and Breakfast. Don't miss her tour of the grisly memento enshrined in the basement of that old Victorian house. Before we get to our interview, I want you to know that you're invited to celebrate Mardi Gras and Louisiana's Main Street communities during February 2012. For detailed information on all the Mardi Gras happenings in Main Street communities across Louisiana, watch for the events calendar at www.louisianamaintomainorg.com. Coming soon. By the way, if you like this podcast, be sure to visit us at AmericanRoadMagazine.com to preview the digital edition of our magazine. As you may know, in our fall edition of American Road Magazine, the focus was on gangsters. Well, one gangster's portrait, you might say, is located in a very interesting place. It's a bed and breakfast located in East Liverpool, Ohio, called the Sturgis House. And with us right now to talk about this is Susan Anderson, who is the manager. Susan, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. First of all, let's talk about this. Pretty Boy Floyd's death mask is in your bed and breakfast. It's got to be a strange kind of combination, isn't it? It is, and a lot of people come to the bed and breakfast to stay overnight just for the ambiance of it. And then there's a lot of people that come just to see the Pretty Boy Floyd Museum and don't care about the house at all. They just <laughs> want to see the museum. Does anybody know why the owner, Frank Dawson at that time, decided, after having embalmed uh, Pretty Boy, to, to put him on display upstairs? Only because um, when they had called Salasot, Oklahoma, to notify his mother that he was gunned down in East Liverpool, she insisted that he be sent directly home. But since he was public enemy number one, Mr. Dawson thought, wow, this is such a good thing. So he went and got his hair cut that day, and he knew that they were going to bring him back to East Liverpool to the Sturgis Funeral Home, and that's why he did this, because he just knew that everybody wanted to see this gangster. And he certainly was proved right by the crowds that show up, I understand. There was. There was thousands of people that paraded through. Are there still people in that area, Susan, that you've met who went through and saw it or had somebody in their family that went through and saw it? There is. There's so many older people in town that are still living that can remember either looking in the morgue window, which is painted over now and it's part of our garage, or they can remember coming through the house and circling around his bed and still going out that back bedroom and running up the alley and getting back in line again to view him. <laughs> it was like in a ride in an amusement park almost. <laughs> right. And their, you know, their children have brought their mother or father or aunt or whatever back just so that they could walk through the house again to visualize what they had seen those many years ago. I mean, is it kind of a chilling or a strange sense to have this in the basement there? No, no. I mean, to walk into the house, it's like you're back in the Victorian age. 
and you don't even get that sense of the museum downstairs unless we tell you that it's down there. So now, do you regularly tell people it's down there, or do you keep it from them, or if they show up looking well, for it? How's it work? How's it work? We have a historical marker out in front of the house, so when people drive up, they can read that, and they know that it's there. So, Most people ignore it, you know, and don't care whether they get down to see it, and some people, that's the only reason why they do come. First of all, as a little bit of background, I understand that your part of Ohio down there was a famous pottery-making area, am I right? Right. I'm just kind of wondering how a mortician got to be skilled enough or had the knowledge to be able to make a death mask like this. Well, he had gone over to the Homer Lachlan China Company, which is over in New West Virginia, and he got this slip, which is what they make the dishes out of, and that's how they formed this mask. From that, apparently, a number of copies were made. Three or four, I think. So this was given to somebody named Broomhall, and then they, in, in turn, have lent it to you folks as uh, to put on, put on display there. Yes, in our museum in the basement. As I understand it, people have come from far and wide to continue to see this, not just the local folks. Right, and even some of Pretty Boy Floyd's family has come, whether they're an ancestor, and then a couple years ago, we had Glendon Floyd, who was the nephew of Pretty Boy Floyd, and his father was Bradley Floyd, who was Pretty Boy Floyd's brother. His son came to the Sturgis on the uh, 75th anniversary and signed um, our souvenirs for people and came through the house and talked about his uncle. Yeah, I don't know if you call it famous or notorious. Notorious, I guess, would be the <laughs> right definition. Yeah, it's turned out to be famous for you. Do people, uh, what's, what's their reaction to it when they see the mask? Well, what I do is I get the picture that was in uh, Life magazine of mobsters and gangsters, and I take it over and I put it side by side with the mask, uh, and they can identify, yes, that mask really was pretty well Floyd. So are you the person who conducts the tours then of the uh, little museum that you have there? Myself as well as the other hostesses can do it too. I see. Did you have to have some special training in this? I mean, were you schooled in the background? Well, I have a couple uh, brochures and pamphlets that I tell the girls that they need to look at and read. And then when Mr. Dawson comes through with some of his friends, we kind of like listen to what he says so that we can pick up little bits and pieces that we didn't realize about it, and then we can say, oh, in our next conversation, people. Right, there's something else that you can add. Now, you mentioned Mr. Dawson, so the person who owns the house now is a descendant of the Frank Dawson, who was the original mortician. Correct, he's the son. Does he have any particular unique memories of this event? Was he uh, old enough to remember he at the time? He was around six and nine months old at the time, oh, but okay. his mother did bring him through. No kidding. And, and he doesn't remember it, of course. Right. But it's, it's part of the family lore yeah. in a year generally speaking, how many people come by? Well, we actually have a couple schools come through. They're like fifth and sixth graders. They tour the police station and they'll tour the Sturgis house and like we're one of their stops. We get anywhere from like 12 to 15 kids at a time come through. So in a year's time, I would say 100. We're talking with Susan Anderson, by the way, who is the manager of the Sturgis House Bed and Breakfast, which is the resting place of the death mask of Pretty Boy Floyd, otherwise known as Charles Arthur Floyd, enemy, public enemy number Number one at the time of his death. You mentioned it as a museum there. What other kind of things do you have for people to see? Well, it was the morgue at one time, so we have um, embalming instruments. We also have pictures of the Floyd family. We have his FBI report, his autopsy report, his death report. We have pictures of his home and of the cemetery and of his tombstone, which has been replaced a couple times because people chip little pieces away as <laughs> oh souvenirs, as well as the death mask. We have pictures of the site where he was shot down. 
But we now have a new souvenir. We have a baseball card that has the picture of Pretty Boy Floyd on the front, and we're hoping to have it as a collector series and to do other famous people from East Liverpool. We hope to maybe in the future make more cards, but our number one first card is Pretty Boy Floyd. So that's a, a nice souvenir for someone to pick up if they come through the house. Are the other people in this gallery going to be celebrities from East Liverpool of that same kind, bad guys? No. No, these are athletes or doctors. Good. And actually, Pretty Boy Floyd wasn't from East Liverpool. No, he wasn't. He was from Salisaw, Oklahoma. So in all fairness, these trading cards who extol the heroes of Liverpool, he's not one of them, but certainly one of the local curiosities. Right, and we hope to do more, but the first card will be, and it is already able, we're able to give them out. We already have them. It's Pretty Boy Floyd. Well, Susan, I want to thank you very much for doing this, for being on with us and telling us about your beautiful bed and breakfast, which I'm sure is a, just a gorgeous place to stay, and and the Curious Museum that is down there in the basement. Once again, just for folks who are traveling in that area, give us an idea of where you're located. We are on the Ohio River and in very close to the Mountaineer Racetrack. It's a beautiful area to visit. And if people are visiting there, they have a copy of our magazine. You might want to stop in and make an appointment to stay at the Sturgis House Bed and Breakfast. Susan, thank you so much for spending time with us here on American Road Trip Talk. Well, you're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this American Road Trip Talk. If you did, then you're the kind of person who should subscribe to the digital edition of our American Road magazine. You just go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com and click on our Preview Our Magazine tag. You'll get a nice sample of the digital layout and the opportunity to sign up for electronic delivery of our next issues. While you're on the homepage, you'll also be able to check out our blogs, trip suggestions, special deals, sweepstakes, and much more. You can even friend us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. (laughs) Till we meet again on the American Road for another Trip Talk, this is your host, Foster Brown, reminding you that the joy is in the journey.